Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, on hearing that Clinton Morrison was doing summary for Sky, he made a call. All right, Clint, can't wait to see you banging them in today. And this time, them isn't goals, but it's your witty and incisive comments. Dr. Luke Gledall, how are you doing today, Luke? I'm very good. How about you? Um, I feel bad that I also missed... Uh, thank you for the intro. I feel bad that I kind of missed our uh, mid-centennial episode with a intro for you. So I've, uh, I've I've made a very pithy intro for you as well, Rich. Oh, please. Thank you. Okay. So from the top, welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wazzy podcast. I'm one of the co-hosts, Dr. Luke Gledel. And joining me as ever is my co-host. He's found a place where we can boogie. That's right. He's the male princess layer of the Rebel Alliance of secretive shape-throwing. It's Mr. Richard Miller. Lovely stuff. <laughs> I just thought that I like, I like the mentality of just bringing up really stupid old songs that I can kind of reference. It's kind of fun. And I really enjoyed that one. You know, that was that mid-Nazis yeah. dance hit, which just the lyrics were just absolute nonsense. <laughs> um, you know, I, I found a place where we can boogie boogie tonight yeah uh, like it it's sounding like it's some kind of hands made tales of uh, dancing <laughs> but really you can just dance anywhere really if you if you're so inclined and there are actually places that actually did used to be legitimate businesses called nightclubs what and i think they were pretty uh, commonplace in people's front and center of their brain so yeah yeah fun times is there any point in a socially distant nightclub I don't know. Did you see the thing about like somebody had invented these suits you can wear and that you go and you rent a suit and it's kind of like you wear like a space suit. Okay. And there's like a special slot to get, uh, you could get, you could get you, your special slot for vaping. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> of course. And my mind went somewhere else. Sorry. Slot for your vape. And uh, yeah, it just looks a little ridiculous, but you know, it, it probably could up some minutes in uh, whatever TV news show covered that one <laughs> what was the uh, there was a kids program i used to really quite like which was all the wacky this is probably sort of slightly racist now really but um all the wacky sort of japanese inventions you know like umbrella hats and things like that i can't remember what it was it'll called, never work it'll never work yes it was an absolute treat i loved that show mm. yeah um, it's, it's a bit let's just laugh at the japanese right yeah unfortunately they're, like, they're all a bit silly aren't they we can just have a bit of a giggle. But, and we're still doing that like a couple of like a month or so ago there was a paul hollywood goes to japan mm. sort of track show and it essentially was just a slightly better shot version of bill network just him going around going like this truffle costs a thousand pounds isn't that wacky in japanese I heard about this because it's actually like uh, I, I play this game Dominion Online with my brother and we do that and we'll have like a little chat over Zoom while we do it. Oh, yeah. And he was watching it in the front room and um, it was an episode where I think he was on the trains and okay. saying how great the train cuisine is better than, you know, the sandwiches you get on British trains, okay, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then he tried tofu and he didn't like it. And <laughs> me, and, me and my brother Andy were just pissing ourselves going, what a pleb. He doesn't like tofu. What a pleb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying anyone doesn't like tofu, but I, I think if you're also someone in that regard, you must have had tofu before. And then I would have thought that you'd kind of like tofu as well, you know? 
I don't know. There's still a surprising amount of people that like have never had curry and things like that in the UK. That's weird. Yeah, I mean now it starts to feel like you're making a point, but um, it still is. Yeah, it still is sort of odd. There's definitely pockets of people that still leave an lead an incredibly sheltered uh, sort of culinary life. Or if they have, if they've had curry, it normally has raisins in. You know, that kind of like school dinner. Or the curry sauce from a chip shop. Yeah, that's a good... Uh, chippy, chippy curry sauce. Chippy curry sauce. Mm. Um, well, I think th- there's a fair bit of current affairs to, to catch up on, so we should uh, we should get ourselves on that. Breaking hoo-hoos. Absolutely drowning in hoo-hoos this week. Just uh, hoo-hoos and no non-hoo-hoos in sight. I guess. Exactly, yes. Um, so the, I suppose the first big thing is we've had some clarification on the contract side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we're going to build up to this, but we can get right into this as well. I've made a lot of notes about okay. this. So, I mean, the interesting thing was the data that landed, I think I was on Facebook at the time, and it, you know, it dropped, well, what is it? Is it about a 5 p.m.-ish or something around that time? It was around that time of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Your, in your neck of the woods in the UK. And uh, the thing just came through, so I sent it you pretty quickly. And then I clicked on the page to open it, you know, that kind of club statement. And I went to get a glass of water because I needed to brace myself. Wow. You and know. handily, that was what the first line of the story was. Guys, sit down, have a glass of water, you're going to need it. For comfort and potential spit takes. Yes, multiple spit takes. Um, yeah. So what was your, um, obviously, the big, big news, the biggest chunk of news? Paul Jones. Paul Jones, yeah. Here through July. How could we not talk about Paul Jones? Someone who's had such a multiple effect on all of our lives, really. Uh, I've heard him called, and I, I think it's churlish to go against such popular opinion, the king of the dressing room. You know, he's the guy, he's making things click. KODR. Yeah. Um, no, I suppose that's that. That's just surprising in that we felt the need to, um, yeah, to, to lock down our third choice goalkeeper. I guess. Um, well, that's the funny thing. I think we naturally think that Kieran Westwood's our third choice goalkeeper, but you know, he's seemingly um, in no man's land, right? He's got that gaping wound. I I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he's got the the the, uh, the face shaming, face saving injury. Right. Yes. You know, just pull the muscle, just uh, covering his face in shame in his shoulder. Yes. <laughs> um, which is interesting because I mean, if there's no academy football, then I guess he's not really doing any training right now. I mean, I no. guess it's probably a similar deal to Sam Hutchinson, who we'll get onto, who's. I imagine he's not even on the training ground at all. I imagine he's just like, yeah, just just stay at home. So. I don't know. It's very strange. But yeah, anyway, extensions to Paul Jones. Uh, on the more positive side of the more kind of players we will see on the pitch more, Kieran Lee, as we said, um, you know, that was kind of made news the week previous, just uh, just from a press conference that yeah. Gary Monk felt so confident about it that it was all agreed, that he could just talk about it and mention it. Nothing else was mentioned. And the final one is Big Dave at DNUU. Uh, cost yeah. of Snooky sticking around till the end of July. So I think I had I didn't initially pick up the wider context of of what that meant, and and now it seems clear that the the subtext is true, you know, is text now. But the fact that Fletcher Fox and I think Forestieri was mentioned mm. had said said they didn't want to sign short deals. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, it's the the interesting thing always is with that language that's used is that essentially those players are no. It's you've said that basically. Okay, so moving on, Sam Hutchinson and Sam Winall, no great surprises, no great shakes have been released. So it's basically saying we don't want yes. to offer them a contract. So there we go. So they're done. Um, but you know, basically saying the fact that you know Fox and Fletcher, well, you know, we've offered Paul Jones near you and Lee, and they've accepted, and Fox Fletcher and Fernando have been offered, but they've they've not accepted those deals. Yeah. So first I sort of took that as not having any actual, like there's no wider context. It was just these were these short-term deals so that they cover us for July, and actual sort of contract negotiations could still go either way. But hearing Monk talk since, it's pretty clear those players are not going to be Wednesday players anymore. I see this is the interesting thing. I don't know how much of that is purely just him making very conservative noises in the press. Well, he said about Fox today, he said, I've loved working with him. He's such a great character. I'll try working on him on the boss up. But basically, he's going. Yeah. Um, but but then I, I guess the interesting thing in seemingly, you know, faint, faint whiffs of ITK-ness, you know, Nixon, Alan Nixon, the Sun journalist, who I find it, te- sorry, tedious, we often refer to him, but I think he's probably the person we have is closest to any sense of rumblings of ITK within what's he's kind of... There. Yeah, it's the only one that really seems to know. Yeah, and, he, and it has a pretty pretty high kind of success rate. On yeah, kind of things is, and, and things you know change as well. So he's basically seemingly saying that you know offers are probably seemingly still on the table for them, but there are much lower deals, and but the lower deals they might have might still be higher than what they can get elsewhere. So I think it's probably conservative and probably fitting that Gary Monk is saying that. I mean, you know, after the game today, Gary Monk was asked about rumours linking us with James Garner, the Man United young midfielder. Right, okay. Which, you know, he pretty much played a straight bat to and just said, you know, I don't really know what's going to go on. We don't know what the transfer window is going to look like. We don't know, you know, you know when all that's crystallised and when all that's finalised, we'll, we'll know. Which is fair to say, which is, you know, I, I do as much as we can say and talk about Gary Monk as a manager, it's very, very small positives. But I mean, I do enjoy how he talks about things. Mm. You know, it's he's got a comforting patter, but it's a bit, it's a little bit round about the houses without, you know. He says a lot without saying very much, kind of thing. Sure, and I, I think that's kind of the nature of what it is. Unless you're at the point of you say something, you're very antagonistic, um, you're getting away with things, you say something very funny, or you're just very blunt and outright and saying things that you shouldn't be yeah. saying. So that's kind of the situation. Um, I never really know uh, there's a Wednesday fan who, tie, who, does, who does a bit of journalism, Matt Brown, seemingly saying that he's heard that they're done, basically. But like, I, that, like that, that's it. They're not coming back. That's you know, it, they're, yeah. They're done, which, I mean, could happen. But I mean, I... I thought the thing would be with this is we've been talking to them for a long time. I'm sure we've got a good idea of how much money they want. We would have also said, this is how much money we're willing to pay you. And here are the terms, you know, there could be renegotiation, but I'm pretty certain that we've been long in this conversation to say, this is what we think. This should be your contract. If you want to stay at Sheffield Wednesday football club. Well, presumably, there's a lot of what players are worth to us compared to what they are worth to other 
teams, isn't sure. there? Sure. So I would hope we've taken a very realistic look at those three. And I mean, I'm surprised if we've offered Forestieri a deal beyond just this month, I'd be very surprised at that. Mm. But well, that's the, sort of reading between the lines, that's yeah. kind of seems to be the seems to be the the case that we have that we've made some sort of offer to him. There seems but, to be also previously apparently there was there was talk at some point about extending his contract for another year, but that never really materialized. Mm. That was another thing I heard as well. But there's no way we should. He does not deserve another no. year of what he's on with us. No, and uh, so I think. And Fletcher, I think, came in at a premium. You know, he'd he joined us from yes. ten years in the Premier League. Yes, twenty nine years old, and you know, he's had a great season, but he's also missed mm. half that season. Mm. And he's the wrong side of thirty now. Mm. Like we, in a lot of ways, we know he's not like the Messiah, if you know what I mean. Like we know he's very good, but he's also not been part of wonderful dragging the team up. Yeah, but I mean, he's also not been a naughty boy to kind of go with that kind of Monty Python yes. analogy that yes. he's done with. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I, but that—that's. I think there's a positive to say for Fletcher, which is like, I think it'd be great to keep him around. I think it'd be great, but I imagine he's probably going to want another two years. At still like a decent chunk after his one of his best seasons of the championship. Yeah, I'm sure he feels confident in his abilities. I'm sure you have to, but also he seems like that type of character. I don't think he's gonna fault for his kind of confidence. Um, I think also, you know, it seemed to be he was a big, you know, a big effect on the team. He was very, ta- you know, very much a talisman for some of our better performances, oh, yeah. Yeah. better games this season. You know, 13 league goals for us. And seems to be very well liked on the training ground. And obviously he's busy mates with Baz as well. Um, so I, the thing that I think it's... I still am a little bit disappointed because I think it's... I didn't think... And also I think I could maybe say the same for Morgan Fox. Um, like I thought they would have been possibly more professional to play for this month. But maybe actually on the flip side of that, especially just looking at Fletcher, um, God, maybe it's going to give him another injury anyway. I mean, he's already kind of come back. He's... Place he that, played five. He's played five minutes since the restart, right? That appearance does make you wonder whether it he does. just it does. Didn't so want to, didn't want. I, to I, I guess there's the interesting thing. <gasps> if he goes elsewhere. He gets himself a nice bumper, bumper final kind of retirement contract, or or maybe one of his last kind of bigger, bigger pay, bigger pay deals. I mean, he got a he got a fair wedge with us. He also got like we. The reason we got him from Norwich, that was supposedly the deal, is we offered him four four years as opposed to Norwich offering three years. So, and I, you know, definitely in the past, I've definitely said about Stephen Fletcher, I can't believe we gave him four years because he's, um, for all his greatness, he's also had a, a bunch of injuries. Yeah, and it's interesting. The seasons that he's missed before this one, you know? Yeah, but that, that's where I'm saying, I think, to, to us, Fletcher if we're paying him what we're paying him has to be the ta- like line leading talisman. And he has to an extent done that very well. I mean, <laughs> one of the things that they kept talking about on sky was when we beat Bristol city on the 22nd of December, we were third in the table mm. and the big difference. I mean, we, we know that there's the EFL thing and we know that there's the behind the scenes stuff, but the, the biggest difference on the pitch was, well, Fletcher was injured and our form took a nosedive. So he's yeah. clearly a hugely important person for us. But what I'm I suppose what I'm saying is he's probably been worth what he was on 
you can't guarantee that from now on. Yeah. And for another team, whether it be someone like Burnley, a kind of bumping around the lower middle of the Premier League, Burnley seem to like signing mm. championship strikers and getting some juice out of them. I mean, they play Vidra and Chris Woods and like, you know, just big lump strikers seems to be their, their you know, a ponchant of uh, Sean Dyche's, <clears throat> I'm sounding like Sean Dyche with a bit of a frog in my throat here, but, um, you know, a club like that or West Brom going up and, be you know, being an extra man for them that offers something a bit different, he is going to be more valuable to them. They're going to be able to pay him more than we will for a guy that we can't actually rely on to be our main striker because he's not present enough. Yeah, I... Ideal world, if no one else was knocking, if there's no competition, you know, I'd really like another year, at least, of Stephen Fletcher. I, I still think, even on maybe reduced terms. I personally, again, this is a weird thing, I don't think it's the end of anything. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I think it's disappointing with Fox. But, I mean, also says a little bit about Fox that he still went today. He still went and featured. Yes. In the game we had today. Um, so that says a lot about him. Um, so I, I think we've kind of covered what I've kind of written my notes about Fox and Fletcher. I'm disappointed, but... Because, I, you know, I think I said last week is... I, I'm quite an anxious person. I'm probably panicking <laughs> a lot looking at the state of the squad and looking at who our striking options are, though it, it seems to be from this game, which we'll cover in the show, and then um, last week as well. You know, De Cruz does seem to be um, an option up front. Now we've got, you know, it's nice to hear, see that New Year's committed for at least the end of this season. Again, we'll cover that in time, but I think we're both pretty adamant. We'd like to see, you know, New Year extend. Um, that's the weird, that, see, that's the weird thing to me is I don't, does that, I don't understand what signing the short-term deal means either. Because is that Atty being, I mean, not selfless, he's getting money, but kind of offering to do that extra month for well, us with no guarantee of well I, th- I think the interesting thing yeah i mean i think that's the thing because i think you'll probably maybe i more kind of identify with <laughs> i think we can probably say this because me and you are civilians who do <laughs> you know regular normal unglamorous you know probably moderately paying in the society <laughs> you know certainly a lot better than um just as a personal thing i still owe student loan money to the uk yeah. uh, recalling the fact that i worked in admin for the nhs in a hostel in sheffield where one year i earned twelve thousand pounds a year and um that's kind of very standard for working yeah <laughs> for working yeah. in the public sector in a, in a you know in a in a northern town um but i've obviously me and you do okay for ourselves these days uh, i will say <laughs> This is a wonderful meander. A wonderful meander. But I mean, I I kind of identify with Paul Jones, with Abby Nui, with Kieran Lee, for that mentality of thinking, like, it's a very uncertain environment, and those players are kind of unsure where they're going to go next. It probably makes sense for them to get another month's pay. Though the only thing I don't really understand is, there seems to be, I wish I could figure this out or find this out somewhere. People have mentioned that players are still paid for July anyway, as part of like a severance deal. At it's the end kind of, of the loyalty thing, isn't it? Yeah. Right. But I don't really kind of understand because essentially the contracts go to the end of June and then effectively, you know, if this was a regular season, if normal service was, you know, applying right now, we would sign somebody, you know, we would be signing players about now, right? From the first of July. There might be some yeah, yeah. different announcements in the news that look, this is gonna happen. Sometimes you get somewhere you announce because they've signed a pre contract agreements. Um, but this is where the football authorities have kind of let everyone down in a way, because this 
it is to an extent going to taint this next month of football. It does because I mean it's just it's it's an absolute bizarre. It it's a complete shit show. Everything is just it's a very farcical little circus. Really, but the EFL, the Premier League, and the PFA have wads of money in reserve. They could have said everyone plays July, loan players stay on, and. There's special insurances in place, so if you get a, if you can prove that you've kind of lost out on an opportunity by, well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I guess it's 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 also unfair because effectively, I mean, not not that any of these players have got holidays, but effectively, the mentality is kind of a bit like, well, you know, you sign, you sign in July, you come back, come back in training about mid July, you know, or wherever it is, or early July, maybe you get like a week off, basically, you know. You do your preseason, you start the season in August, you go through typically to about early May, late May, if you've got to play playoffs, you've got a month off of your vacation that we're paying you for, you know, much like me and you as civilians with, you know, permanent contracts with our employers yeah. <laughs> kind of works out the same, same deal as well. So that would be your time to take a break. So effectively, they've had, they've already had their holiday. I mean, they can't really go anywhere or do anything, but, you know, effectively, but I don't know of any employer that's saying, hope you enjoyed your lockdown holiday. You're not allowed any more holidays this year. But again, that's also a difficult, this is also a difficult conversation because, again, football is completely different. Yeah. But I mean, there could really be a mentality to just say, look, we've extended your contract. But I don't think that they're not paid as their, their contracts finish in, on the 30th of June. I know. I know because they signed for the next team on the first of July, so I don't think mm-hmm. even though they get a payment that month, it's not a payment of wages. It's a loyalty payment. So basically, a players get loyalty payments even when they sign for another club because they've not asked for the transfer request. That's why asking for a transfer request is a is a such a big thing because you're yeah. passing up essentially a month's wages to do that. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. so I I know I do know what you're saying. I think they would have. Ne- I think they needed to have assurances from one of those kind of higher bodies or all of them mixing together to yeah. just sort of but, say this is. It's going to make everything easier if we just say your contract's got another four weeks on it. Uh, loans are extended by four weeks. It's all this st- sort of stuff, especially now. I mean, one of the other things to talk about is the fact that even though Penny and Van Aken are sort of returned to us um, and their season's finished, they can't play for us because they're not in a curtailed league. So knowing that loan players couldn't go play somewhere else anyway should meant that means that all those loans till the end of the season should have just been extended because otherwise what are those players doing? And presumably if you loaned a player out, you wanted them to play. So I just, it's just a bit of a, so it's, much of it was rushed and not thought, thought through. And I think this yeah. is the worst bit of it, really, in some yeah, ways, because it's going agree. to hurt the competitions between now and the end of the season. Well, this is, uh, and this, I, I don't see enough from, we've only really talked about the, the poster boy of all this, again, Lyle Taylor. I haven't <laughs> seen enough from other teams that it's hurting them in the same way it's hurting Wednesday. You know, this experiment <laughs> to extend the season hurts Wednesday because we can't, you know, and the only, I mean, it, it's frustrating that we can't sign free agents to bring in for this period. But I know um, Charlton have a similar number of players that they can't draw on now. I think yeah. they offer deals to six or something and four turned them down. Right. So, I mean, it'd be interesting, especially that the past two results they've won, the last two games, Charlton, which is kind of surprising. Um, to go back to, I think, the player we haven't really talked about, we talked about Fox and Fletcher. Um, 
So I thought it was also interesting that the offer is still on the table for Nando. Um, I hope the contract offer is for a curly whirly and a stray pack from a knickknacks multi pack that no one wants. Uh, the money he has clawed from this club for being injured or allegedly racist or both has been despicable. And I really hope we don't see him ever again in England. Like, I'm fucking done with the guy. Uh, but Luke, he posted on social media that you shouldn't, there's two sides to every story. Like it looked like, um, looked like, was it Prince? Uh... Yeah, Prince Prince William giving someone the finger, but he's Thank actually you. holding up the three. <laughs> I yeah I do you know what Fernando please tell us your side of the story because what I have seen is a man baby throwing his toys out basically behaving different levels of despicable behavior is is what we've seen out of you pretty limited performances when you bother to be not injured or as you say not racist um yeah please tell us your story fernando i'd i'd love to hear it even in a kind of you know cartman-esque salty tears sort of way Please tell me the Fernando Forestieri story. Because we hear it, yeah, we do hear a lot of that. There's a lot of protestations, but there's never any kind of material to look at. I mean, I know there's public court. We he could tell his side of the story, and we could be like, yeah, it sounds like bullshit. We don't really care. Um, but it's just, it's also the strange thing that, like, the thing that kind of upsets me is, is it's a little bit like Kieran Westwood, but probably a bit less. So you know, I, I, I will say with Kieran Westwood. His um his PR material is a lot better than Fernando Forestieri. Yes, it is. Yeah, he does a lot better job of of posting the screenshots of notes that his his agent sends him. His agent sent him, and he's he's maybe just discussed it with a PR person or something like that. It's yeah. a lot more kind of balanced, and I have a lot more kind of time for. And maybe that's difficult with maybe someone who's you know ESL English as a second language. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's the weird thing that this is... He's speaks Irish. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It was, a bit, it was a bit like John Sheridan. He took that, uh, he took that first sip of uh, Guinness in Manchester. Uh, we just, we can never, we can never really understand it. I think that's probably the different, I think that's probably the giant communication issues of him and his back four this season. <laughs> that's probably what's happened but the funny thing with fernando is like there's so much pr and badge kissing but yet the performances aren't there and no. he doesn't make it seem like he wants to be here so the funny thing is he's just feeling very conflicted to wednesday nights because he spends all this time doing all this stuff and yet but it just seems like he's just got this massive contract of four years and oh, i'm just going to see it out for four years or wherever as long it's been now has been about four years right i think it is yeah it's four years since 2016 he got the you know didn't get his bike didn't get his bike or his birthday or his um yaya tori birthday cake yeah. or whatever the hell it was and um he got himself a new improved contract because he didn't think he was getting paid as much as he, you know, some of the bigger owners at the club, which at the time was probably maybe a touch insolent, but actually at the time you'd probably say, yeah, he's our best player. He was uh, then. It, oh. It's it's so long ago that I've completely forgotten that I have forgotten the magic of Fernando Forestieri because yeah, there was a time when like me and you would think, oh, isn't it? We would be like really amused, or we would think it was really cute about the. Um, him getting the t-shirt printed with the Pete McKee cartoon of the referee saying, pick a card, any card. Yes. And that was like, that was kind of nice. You know, there I was a time I that I enjoyed it. That the was... bike thing at first was funny. And then you're like, oh no, no, this is... 
this is a preening millionaire whining about not quite having as many millions as the next millionaire. <laughs> it's really disappointing, actually, watching it back. It's so kind of and it's just really awful that that's what we have that's our lasting memories of him and it's sad it's so awful and sad you don't want you don't want us a fan we don't know what happens at the club we don't know what the 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 like the standard policy is with players we don't know if some of these players have been treated you know but i i feel like for any criticism you can leverage at chancery or any of the executive at wednesday I think we've been incredibly fair to Fernando Forestieri. But on both fronts, Forestieri was... So he's, the, the first moan was Fletcher. He wanted to be paid as much as Fletcher, wasn't it? Pretty much, That's yeah. what the, the sulking and not travelling to um, Derby was about. Norwich. And that's uh, uh, Norwich, sorry, yeah. And the bite. It was Derby that were interested, isn't it, around the same time? Sorry, that's why I've got mixed up. And the bike was around that because Fletcher got as part, I think he got a car or a company car as part of his sort of signing bonus or something. So that was all jealousy of Fletcher. But the thing is, so Forestieri is a very good player and he had been a very good player for us that season. But he didn't turn up in the playoff final. No. He could have made himself a Premier League player if he'd turned up in the playoff final. I know. He Fletcher is a guy that played his twenties in the Premier League. He's a he's been pretty much the first choice striker. I know it's not the best national team, but he is an international. He's a first choice for his national side again for about a decade. Decade. There are plenty of reasons that Stephen Fletcher deserves more money than than Fernando Forestieri deserved at that time. Mm. Even more so now. Oh, anyway, we should we should keep moving along because I know, I know, it's very. Frustrating because, like I say, please do you know deign to give us your side of the story, Fernando. We'd love to hear it because, uh, from the outside looking in, (laughs) you've just behaved disgracefully and more that more often than not taken the club for a ride. And for the last two or three years of that, we've barely seen any reward for sticking by you and paying you a tremendous wage, a thundering wage. I just want to say as well, what it, what, you know, again, we said it before, what a sad goodbye to Hutch. Yes. You know, it, it panned out how we thought it would go, but it still hurts a little. It does. I do feel like there's a bit of a lightning about the place. Um, I don't know whose departure in particular has been part of that, but it, it does feel since the restart that um, Hillsborough seems to be a slightly more pleasant place to be. And I thought Gary Monk, I mean, obviously the win helps today, but I thought Gary Monk was talking in the week even sounded like a sort of different guy and quite excited for planning the future in some ways, even though there's the unknown of the the, the EFL charge. Because what we've bought ourselves with all these players leaving is, is, a, is a big chunk of potential budget to put sure. toward other players. And he seems to have a vision that he wants younger, hungrier, fitter players yes, to be yes. his model going forward and that to, th- this week was the first time I really felt I felt like he was buying that like this is the road we're on and I, he's quite excited to kind of get going on it and that was quite nice to, have to feel and also yeah. to have a win today to kind yeah. of add to that momentum that positivity um we still don't have any confirmation on the the loans our loanees being able to stay although we keep getting told it's you know it's days away um, but interestingly i don't know if you picked up some people were commenting on the fact that he mentioned that the league had okayed the loans being being uh, 
extended. And I don't know whether that's just a formality in that the league need to okay everything or whether that is part of our, are the league like watching over our shoulder and are we in some sort of embargo situation potentially? I suppose we won't know. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I was going to say, finally, I'm a little bit disappointed for Sam Winall also, but maybe that's also a largely shared disappointment in him alongside being disappointed for him, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm laughing at you and with you, Sammy. (laughs) But again, another contentious character. I'd I'd forgotten in all the um, Forest Yates travails, they had their bust up on the training ground and that... They really did, yeah. And we've got rid of, you know, so now we've got rid of both the characters there. Hutchinson and Westwood seem to be a kind of dynamic duo of killing team spirit as well. So one of those is out the door. Presumably Westwood's voice is kind of limited by one not being there and two not having his mate to chip in with him. Do you know what I mean? So it's, I, I kind of feel and hope we might be turning around the culture, which seems to have been wrong since Carlos is sort of first season the end of for the first season um there was also just interestingly this is a we don't need to get into this too much but there was also just, we talked about bush um during some of our watch along games and he's talked about yes. how he experienced racism while he was at wednesday um which doesn't speak well either i mean he's a guy who spanned uh gray's time and carlos's time but I think that naturally some of the discussion went on to, well, how many, what, 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 who are the characters who are still here that would have been in the dressing room at that time? And a couple of the folks who are on their way out uh, were in that number. But you, you know, I hope they weren't in, involved. But it's just another, it sort of speaks to maybe it's not been a great place to be, Sheffield Wednesday Football Club, for, for a while. So it's intriguing. Um, finally, you know, the EFL hearing has started, started early, supposedly at the behest of other clubs. Um, uh, but we, we, we were supposed to maybe hear about it by the end of this week, but we, we haven't. So we're, we're again waiting on, on news of that. Um, I'm, well, nobody knows anything about it. It's a behind closed doors thing. So anybody no. claiming to be in the know the, is probably not worth listening to. I've got a few things I want to say, though. Okay. Um, one thing I want to say is, if we believe there's some noodling from rival teams to bring the case forward by a week, then where the hell is Derby County's case? I know. So, and I also I don't understand technically why our case is worse than Derby's. It seems to be sounded Sorry. out. But I, I don't know if that's generally just like there's a case against Derby. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, Bournemouth may come down. Aston Villa may come down. The EFL, I imagine, will be knocking again on their doors, similar a bit to, funnily enough, QPR. And we can actually get onto that because Nick DeMarco, the lawyer of the Lionel Messi of sports law, <laughs> is um, the man who actually, you know, mounted a successful defense of QPR. And also that- Joey Barton. He's also Joey Barton's lawyer. Hilariously right. as well. Okay. Wow. So we've got, we've got Johnny Cochran, haven't we? That's what we've got. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I don't understand. So it, it just feels very much like from the media then and because Wednesday are in the position they're in that basically the other clubs are clamming around thinking well if there's a points deduction for Derby it's not really going to do anything in our favour yeah, yeah. but then oh a points deduction for Wednesday might actually mean it's, they get relegated it's Borough and Barnsley who've come out and said that they're waiting on our situation to play out they've publicly figures from those clubs have both said that so yeah it tells you where it's self-interest again it's i know it's all, i know it's all, it's, but it's but it's also steve gibson the mario balotelli of football chairman really you know why why always me 
I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's because you just run your mouth off 24-7, Steve. That's possibly the p- potential. And the rules don't apply to you, but yeah. they do to other people. So, and, yeah. again, with the Derby thing, I said, well, we and them get points deductions purely because our favourite ex-status status quo member has got blue balls from Birmingham rejecting his horny points-hungry advances. <laughs> but that, so that QPR thing, kind of, because that was a showing of actually how how worthwhile is this thing? Because they spent all the money on God's green earth to get up. They went through three high-profile, expensive managers in that season. I think they spent something in the region of twenty million pounds on just chopping and changing managers that season. Mm. So they and they were like a hundred. It was in, it's staggering sums. They were like one hundred and fifty million. They lost that season. It was wild and they got up though so they escaped and the EFL at the start of that said oh well if QPR come down we won't let them play in the football league unless Mm. they pay a 35 million pound fine and I think at the end of it five years later they paid something like 350,000 yeah yeah. and so to go from you'll not be able to play ever again Mm -hmm. to you're gonna have to pay us the price of a top class international player to you're going to have to play as, pay as the price of a League One, a promising League One starlet. Um, that's quite a staggering step down from the Football League. Yeah. <laughs> Which, sort again, they just hard for their own back with this, with, uh, yeah. the, with the, the financial fair play, because uh, I, I think every other club agree. looked at that and they were just like, we don't, well, what, what's the point paying attention to these rules? You can't really back that up yeah exactly um regarding the person so nick demarco like i said successful um uh, defensive qpr um i mean if you look at his twitter he's a man who can commit substantial hours and resources into a fancy cherry pie video <laughs> so probably in some really good hands um also the funny thing about his twitter bio as well so he did defend qpr he also is a qpr fan okay which made me wonder if it's the first time anyone has legally re- represented the team they support oh that's fun <laughs> I also really like his album Salad Days. You know, sidelining Jungle Pop. That he Smokes a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> right. We should talk about the football match that happened today, Luke. I should. should There's one piece I want to say about the court case to finish off okay. as well. So, I mean, we've got no idea where it'll go. We can pontificate as people do. Um, I mean, we tend to think it's going to be negative. That's the thing it seems to go like. The thing I want to say, though, is... We must have a stronger defense than Chan Siri just adamantly shaking his head, right? <laughs> yes, I would think so. Well, we've uh, to risk retreading old ground again. Suppose that, uh, the heart of our defense is we were given advice by somebody who works for the EFL as to how to do this. And the, va- and the price that we could charge ourselves for our own football ground because they were all on board with it two years ago. It's just since Rick Parry came in, he decided he doesn't like that and it's not in the rules. So presumably if we can show... <laughs> You know, we would let up the garden path by somebody that works for the works for them. Um, that seems to be a pretty strong defense, I guess. Mm. But we just have to see. Uh, it, it's crazy that it's gone on this long and the parameters have not narrowed at all. So it can be anything from not guilty to twenty-one points, which is you know relegated without any possibility of yes. getting it back. It's crazy that we are however many months six seven months into this and and the and the parameters are still that wide what a 
terrible situation to leave our club under and half the league. Uh, it's, it's t- the EFL is one of the shoddiest organisations in existence. I cannot believe the clubs... Uh, uh, there should be some sort of revolution because the the way they've behaved during this coronavirus and things has been just impeccably bad and sort of putting weird interests above the clubs and commercial interests above the clubs... It it just seems to... I don't understand how the organisation works for the clubs it's supposed to represent at this point in time. It doesn't seem to be fit for the purpose. So outside of our own issues, which hopefully we'll get some closure on in the week, it just seems utterly bizarre to be where we're up to. This could have been done on Zoom and we could have known our fate before the games happened. That was a great big opportunity to talk these things through. Mm. Anyway... Anyway. Right, yes. So, um, moving swiftly on. You don't have any more notes, no, Luke? No. Well, maybe. Maybe I do. I was going to talk about the youngsters. It was, it's a shame to see some of the youngsters released. Um, I guess we'll never see any more of Preslav Borokov. We'll never, no. probably, probably not going to go for the first team picture, but we'll never get to know that. I'm surprised Connor Kirby's gone. There's a few of those names that have sort of bubbled around for... Yeah. Uh, that have gone yeah i don't i don't i have no feel for who's good or not um in the in the <laughs> in the, the youth ranks unfortunately um the only reason i thought i'm I, i'm surprised that borokov is he's had a few sub appearances well he's not come on but he's been on the subs bench a few times which would make you think he's at least part way towards being considered first team wise but maybe he's just a body to fill a space yeah i don't know i don't know i that i think i suspect that's one of those things that happens every club probably has a, a similar success rate of about one every five to ten years that actually breaks through and makes it and we don't see <laughs> all the uh the sad side of it at other clubs we only see that at wednesday mm. That's very true. So, Sheffield Wednesday taking on Bristol City at Ashton Gate. It's the first one of these displays of the fan in the stand that I've seen use social distancing. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Um, but yeah, I, that was. I mean, I was shocked by that statistic. I do remember that we were third at one point. But um, yeah, twenty second of December, we be, we beat Bristol City with that sort of late atty one penalty, and that took us to third in the table. And it's pretty crazy how bad we've been since then. But. After last week's game, we were pretty pleased with some of the progress. We're slightly disappointed in the result, but performance-wise, it was a lot closer to what we would have wanted from the team. And we show, showed up with the same starting lineup again. Pleased, yeah. pleased at that? Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. I mean, I, I don't see any reason why that, uh, that starting eleven should be disbanded. So that basically meant we were we were three at the back again. Um, Wildsmith keeps his place in goal. Uh, the two wingers playing wing back and the midfield three of Luongo, Kieran Lee, Barry Bannon, and then up top, Jordan Rhodes and Connor Wickham. And we started really brightly. <laughs> we had two corners in pretty short uh, order and uh, a, a fairly decent cross from Wickham. Um, that was about sort of the first two or three minutes we really sort of rattled out. And then we sort of spent the next 10 minutes slightly under the cosh. Mm. Um including a really good save from Wildsmith from a from a, a Baker header 
uh, from a corner, uh, managing to not just save it, but get it over the bar as well, which was which was very important. Naki Wells had a decent chance at sort of 12 minutes or so. But actually, after that initial period, when so we kind of ran, you know, ran out of the gates, they caught, just then spent some time on top. But after that initial period, I thought we looked, we settled into quite a comfortable rhythm and, and tended to look fairly, fairly useful. We seemed to be able to build into their half and, and look to make things happen. I thought, I thought Wickham did a really nice job of sort of holding up the ball by and large. And Luongo also spread some really nice passes out to the wings. And we, that's where we sort of, the corner that we 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 scored from was Luongo starting a move in that way. He sort of drew a couple of midfielders on and then put the ball out to Murphy. Murphy took a nice early cross out to Harris. Harris didn't make much of it, but he managed to win the corner. And then the, from the corner, shock horror, we had some sort of routine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, just absolutely beautiful to just. I think it was Bannon, was it? Was it Bannon took the the um, the corner? No, it was um, it was Murphy. It was Murphy, right? Yeah. yeah. So lovely, just kind of short witting, and just to see Wickham just darting forward to just completely exploit that space. And um, what did they kind of say on the commentary about the Bristol number six? Bristol City's number six defender who should have been on him, but basically just got kind of impeded. But they said it on the commentary. Yeah, but they said it like, I thought, oh, you're trying to make a point that's a foul. And it wasn't. It was just purely the fact he was impeded because he was just a bit rubbish, basically. I think they they did say, you know, oh, it was clever from Burner blocking him off. Um, But by and large, they they sort of said it was poor defending from from Bristol City. But it just, it reminded me of, it was a feature of Mourinho's Chelsea team. They used to really love doing things like that, where you... You block off one man's run. Try not to be so physical that you give away a mm. <laughs> a free kick. Um, and I just thought Bernard did it brilliantly because what he did was he started battling with his man, and that's what blocked Baker. He didn't actually physically block Baker at all. So it was kind of his pushing and shoving with his own man was what got in the way of Baker and gave. Yeah, a, a, it was a great delivery from Murphy because that's the other thing that happens when a man gets free like that. Sometimes the corner kick taker gets overexcited and misses him or the the header's a bit weak but actually it all came together brilliantly it was a really good delivery from Murphy lots of whip on it but it was exactly where it needed to be and a great flicked header into the opposite corner from Wickham but it was basically yeah perfect made it look so easy it was so easy so simple just exploring that space rising so well and just such a lovely cushioned guided header into the corner just completely dumbfounded everybody in that Bristol City defence yeah yeah it was really good really good stuff um <laughs> this is another stat that Sky brought up after the, after our goal there. That was our 31st uh, away goal this season. We've only scored 17 at home. So I think we are the, we're the top scorers away from home uh, in the league, or one of them. And wow. uh, yeah, <laughs> one of the lowest at home. <laughs> so just in terms of the way the match played, I do think by and large, we, as I say, we were we were pretty comfortable. I got a little bit worried at times. I thought Bannon was they were they were really trying to sort of get in and around him and and reduce the amount of time he had to pull strings and, and make things happen. Mm. Um, but he seemed to want 
lots of time all the time. Like he, he he needed that extra touch, which brought the pressure on. He didn't seem to respond, particularly first half. I think he did get better second half, but first half he didn't seem to respond to that pressing game from them particularly well. Um, in, including at one point, out of desperation, he kind of flicked a very artful volley about thirty yards back to Wildsmith from the halfway line. You know, <laughs> so he's really he was feeling the um, yeah feeling the pressure. What did you make of the ref today, Luke? I thought he was. I thought he was okay. I I didn't seem seemingly think there was anything bad or wrong in his. I just great thought the fact we ended up with two yellows for very little. But I don't know what Rhodes was. Mm. Booked. Williams climbed all over the back of him, and then Rhodes kind of frustrated went into his next challenge. But it wasn't a bad challenge. Well, I, I guess the only interesting thing I want to say about that is, and maybe this is something more about the nature of football, is that, is it first half or is it second half, Kieran Lee takes one for the team? Yes. You know, and very much a professional foul. But, you know, obviously that's a yellow card. But the problem of, there is a spectrum of yellow cards. So Callum O'Dowder doing a real nasty lunge at Wickham is also a yellow because it's maybe not quite a red because maybe you see it's not two-footed but it's I also a nasty was, and awful challenge I thought that probably was a red I was saying I think if that Wickham maybe... went down holding his knee do you know what I mean like he was helped by the fact that Wickham was angry and jumped straight up mm. I think if Wickham made more of it he could have probably got Odada sent off but that that was the frustrating <laughs> thing so I felt like the ref I don't think he did any howling awful errors but mm. he was he was sort of picky in certain things. He seemed to have a bee in his bonnet, basically, about... He was sort of protecting Williams because he's not that tall as a centre-back. I don't know. Like, he gave things against Rhodes where I didn't think it was anything. Wickham twice just out-muscled him fairly and got fouls given against him. But that that was the classic. The Kieran Lee one, absolutely. You know, it's a yellow card. He's, t- you know, he's... Iorfa has gone for a run in circumstances that were not ready for him to go for a run. <laughs> he had two quick players watching him very closely, um, lost the ball, and Kieran Lee has done the professional thing and stopped them in in their momentum. But then we broke from that free kick, and Masengo took ha- uh, Harris out, and he didn't even talk to him. And it's like, that's exactly the same foul. He's mm. gone, oh, they're getting away from us. Our defenders are up the field. So I'll kick him. That should be a yellow card as well. And I just, so you... I was a bit, sorry, just to kind of, mm. uh, just my little stupid joke that I, I wrote down. Uh, <laughs> Williams seems to be big mates with the ref. The ref believes that gentlemen prefers blondes, but certain gentlemen can't afford to have standards. <laughs> Very good. And then I think he's also the first Homer ref to be uh, influenced by the presence of some cardboard cutouts. <laughs> well, I, I guess the interesting thing, so I, I kind of want to say near the beginning, the interesting thing I think we've had with both this game and the Forest game is saying at moments like it seems a little, you get moments where it seems a little bit heated. Yes. But it doesn't really go over the boil because no one's there. And the crowd aren't there to influence it. So therefore, the crowd don't add to the atmosphere. And the mm. atmosphere, the crowd doesn't influence the referee through that atmosphere that they're creating. It doesn't get so, that rolling boil effect, does it? No, <laughs> no. It's just it's a mild simmer. And then you, you take the lid off and then it just dies down. Yeah, yeah. Really. So I one of my notes is if, if, if a tree is up for it in the middle of a forest and no one is around... <laughs> 
So already games hotly contested behind closed doors because this is just the you know with this whole restart and the whole behind goes I thought you know it'd be fun it'd be fun to see what it's like behind closed doors and you know it's all a bit playing on the moon you know but that could be kind of interesting to look at yeah. and then now I'm at the point of watching it and frankly it's it's not it's it's yeah, it's really bad it's really bad it's really bad it's just, I don't know I thought it was funny I was chatting with my brother and I said if you're watching it in the football. Brother Andy, he said, um, no, not much of the Premier League. My brother's a big fan of the Bundesliga. Okay. But I think it's all varying degrees of a bit shit behind closed doors. Yes. Like, it's all the same. I don't think there's any, this all, this is, I, I think there's a mentality of looking at that, saying, like, there's a certain, you know, tactical approach that's being taken and skill set that makes it, but it's it's still the same. There's no, it, it's so... And, and the funny thing about this is I thought... So there wasn't any piped-in crowd noise for this one. Oh, the Sky had a bit of low level. So you could hear the players, but there was also a bit of crowd noise, I think. So I didn't have that on my feed, but then I saw highlights of other championship live games through... This was through uh, the rights having here in Canada as zone. I think it's like ESPN okay. in the States. And... Those other games did have sound effects. It wasn't quite oh, as pronounced as the Premier League. So I was expecting it to be the same, but it wasn't. So I just, it was just a bunch of, and then like there was some applause and cheering around the goals, but I don't know if that was purely just from the noise from the, the bench. There, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, Strange. I don't know. So I was going to say grounds are also very much less a cauldron, just a very large, clean stockpot. <laughs> it, it is. I, I think the thing is, football, uh, particularly in this country, I'm sure other places as well, I just can't speak to that. That's not my knowledge or experience to speak to. But in this country, it's such a a tribal thing. You it know, it's, it's an identity. It's... It sets the tone for your weekend and week and all the rest of it. And I think having fans there does make it all feel a bit anodyne and weird. There's also the fact that the players aren't quite as fit as they no. they are mid-season. Um, so I think every team seems to be taking like the first half pretty slowly. The drinks break really doesn't help. I think it kills every game I've seen it in. Of any it, sense of momentum. Yeah, and it makes yeah. it feel tin part and weird. Yeah. Like your mom's called you over for some orange juice. It's strange. Mm. Um, so, did, did you see the ref today? Or the, the, one, the one he called in the second half. <laughs> there, there was a play. I think there was something about to happen, and the, the player got sort of a player got almost in his face about it. And it's like it's time for a drink. It's, do you not want a little drink? Like he just. just <laughs> It was so so. Like, I think on, on our commentary, they made a point about Lee Johnson being mildly irked that it wasn't the 67th minute; it was actually just the 66th minute. Oh. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, man! Oh, no. Seriously, I just I couldn't. Yeah, they didn't really cut to you know Lee Johnson getting uh, get a bit heated in his sweater, but um, in his pullover. <laughs> But just just sort of doing that thing where you like fan yourself slightly with the uh you know take a pinch of the jumper and just move it back and forth. <laughs> well, he doesn't really have a match day program, does he? In this uh, in this world, to kind of to waft himself with, does he? <laughs> Um, but I guess there's an interesting thing just going back to like the referee the fact that there's no atmosphere that doesn't really make things kind of heated yeah it? and it doesn't make that kind of cauldron of you know fans baying for blood and asking for the you know to the point where either the referee is persuaded by it or they just go the other way in case of I think you know a lot of games at Hillsborough they're going to make a real strong point to say I'm not going to be intimidated by these fans 
So yes. they just go completely the other way to the point where it's it's completely unfair in the other regards, really. So yeah, I I think looking back, the ref had a fairly good game. I just thought uh, I thought I just it just felt like there was a couple of those incidences that kind of happened almost back to back, and he sort of dealt out quite different justice to to them and us despite the fact this felt like very similar incidents. And and Bannon, after that, the guy, um, I've forgotten his name again, after Masengo did that foul, which I think was his third or fourth foul, he was a bit like, he sort of tackled people in the way Samedo used to, you know, like just like grabbing at them with mm-hmm. both hands and both legs at the same time, <laughs> just to kind of off-balance them. No, no one bit is a foul, but added together, it's like six fouls every time you get the ball from someone. But he was like, so he had that sort of style. But that, yeah, he just he just hoofed uh, he just hoofed Harris over, and, and Bannon was in the ref's face saying like, "What? How's that different to what they just did? Um, you know what we were just penalised for?" And I think after that, he did seem to kind of well and. And as you say, there was just no steam in the match. I think the second half was pretty yeah. tame. Yeah. I am large. Well, that was the thing I wondered about this is that, you know, I mean, obviously there was there was more after the first goal, but it, it, it maybe had the smackings of a game where a team scored too early, effectively. Possibly. Yeah. Um, a few anodyne little bits and bobs I want to pick out from the first <laughs> half before we move on. Um, uh, Baz needs a haircut. I think a lot of them need haircuts. Um I didn't even recognise Fox came on us in the second half. We can get on to He's that. Looking very hairy, yeah. He's looking very shaggy. Um, Wickham also has some Elevate panties. Yeah, uh, I saw where, that. Where can I buy those? I know they look swish. I mean, I've already I got the I've got, got the range just of as good. the taxis merchandise, as you know. Um, <laughs> last time Rich saw me, I was uh, as all. Uh, head to toe and get up, get up. I look I'm like sure a real... those uh, those elevate boxes or trunks would look just as good over my relaxed muscle <laughs> as they did on Wickham's abs. Rich's relaxed muscle. Um, <laughs> that's a good episode title. Um, so the thing I want to say about the play again, we're doing this with we're shifting the play quite well, but. I, I, there was. I don't think the crossfield passing was particularly fantastic going out to the wings. It was I, a bit slow, I think, quite often. So well, I was saying various shades of spraying the ball out wide to varying degrees of success. They're rainbow scratch card passes, though with a touch more fortune, like you win another rainbow scratch card. But there's, <laughs> but there's not many John Sheridan leprechauns at the end of each rainbow. <laughs> yes, I, I concur. It's um because I mean yeah there there were some good ones but there are also some not so good ones I don't think we uh, the three five two is doing okay for us but I I think I don't know I think it's another game where I don't think there's a lot of um, there's not much quality from Harrison Murphy in the wingback slots you're right although I do think they both it feels like they're being they've been coached quite well on the defensive side of things because I think they're both using their their natural ability which is pace. Mm. To just nip things in the bud, like they're right at players. As soon as the ball drops, they are they are there in their faces. So they they're winning the ball quite often, I think, in in those tussles, which is which is really good. So it's, it is working fairly well defensively. I also think Palmer seems to be really enjoying his role. He, yeah, he did a great yeah. great job on a phobie. A phobie's a very good player. Mm. And he did a number on him today. Mm. Um, and he just seems to, as well, we said last time, he seems bigger. He seems like to have grown in stature. I think yeah. he's always been six, yeah. 
some six foot something, but he looks it as a centre back. He he looks filled out and strong. And do you find it funny that like from these games we're almost having like an Iorfa like presence from Palmer? Almost, isn't it? It's, it's it's getting a bit more there, yeah. And he made a great uh, early on in the second half. Yes, absolutely tremendous block where he had to come all the way across. I thought it's funny what it does to Iorfa because he's giving up a lot of his. It's sort of innate eye-offness for the good of the team. Um, because yes. you can tell he'd quite like to go on a run from time to yes. time. Because yes. he likes to stretch those big, long legs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it doesn't it's he he's so so rarely going to get that opportunity to do it safely and and today he forced one and and it, we you know that's where Kieran Lee took his took his yellow but it does suit him as well because he's so quick and strong that he he's great as a shadow for the other two so if you somehow manage to get past Palmer or, or Burner he's there to just smash it away and wow. he did that really really well quite often I do think you see he's not He's not always the best header of the ball defensively, and a couple of times towards the end, that that was almost catching us out. Did you say header? 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 Headed? Headerist? Headist? Hedonist? <laughs> Roger Header? <laughs> Roger, Roger Header? <laughs> Do you find it funny? I mean, I yeah, I to, to kind of cap your kind of serious point, we're, we're doing we're doing really well in this three five two with the three defensive centre backs. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's working for all three of them. Um, I find it funny that like I'm finding that Palmer's the best out of them, but that's not a damnation of the other two. No, it's just that Palmer's it's just, just doing so well. It's Palmer's looking so much so like. Well. Yeah, I know. It's, and it's, he's um, sort of breaking forward at times as well. Like he seems to be. It sort of gives him the space that he doesn't normally get as a fullback if he goes forward like because it's a rarity to have a center back come over the halfway line it seems to just buy him a little bit more time and and he likes that as well it just seems to be yeah it just seems to suit him down to the ground the unfortunate thing is so bernard spent quite a lot of time down injured towards the end of the first half and then was subbed off for morgan fox at half time so if we don't have fox and Berner's injury carries over into other games. Mm. That disappointingly, we might we might lose this really good defensive shape because <sighs> because of no fault of our own again. Because um, who do you want as that third man, really? Because we seemingly Monk has picked up on what we've seemingly kind of <laughs> said and that shouldn't really look and test upon Tom Lee's. Well, there's not. More than, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, to to give Tom Lee's his due, what he's not is, you know, of, of all the things that he is, he's definitely not a left-sided centre-back mm. and certainly not the left side of a three, I don't think. Is so, he centre of a three? <laughs> so you could say, oh, well, Palmer can play left-back and has played left-back, you know, a considerable amount of left-back. And if he can play left-back, he could play that left side, maybe. So, And then you'd have Tom Lee's on where Palmer has been playing. But all of it, it's unfortunately, you just... You're lo- then you're losing the person who seems best suited to the formation in their best position. It's, I hope we, I hope Burner's okay. I hope it's a you know preemptive. We know we're not going to have Fox next game, so we might as well use him because we've got him now. Um We'll see. It's just would it would be a real shame to find this new shape that seems to work fairly well, particularly seems to work well defensively. 
for us and uh yeah and to have it sort of broken up so early doors would be really frustrating and very much of this season but uh <laughs> we we battered into the second half as well in the same way mm. created quite a few chances in short succession the, the best one probably jordan rhodes had one from a, a wickham sort of cutback that was a decent effort sort of straight at the goalie but it was a was that the end of the first half no i thought it was a start the second well i mean i i can kind of look and say so i mean building up to that, a... i think rhodes had won the stroke of half time which i think was a quite a good chance and i think i remember he should have done better with that one yes the one where wickham was in a really he was in a good position like at the back post i like was it, wondering was it the one where murphy uh was this was delightful i loved murphy yes. burning jack hunt for pace yes behind him he knocked it in and then Rhodes's shot was deflected by one of the bristol that would have defenders. been first half yes that, would that was the end half. of the first half and i was like i think that he was should have done chance. better with that one um because they just had a chance before that as well at our end, hadn't they? So it was a sort of flurry of... Mm. Uh, it looked like everybody was kind of winding down to the end of the half, and then there was this flurry of chances at either end. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the... Uh, I know Murphy had a shot in the 58th minute, which was, I think, Eight. a bit of a classic. Jacob Murphy. I mean, the funny thing was the first angle I think I saw from it, I thought, oh, it's another incredibly artful, well-hit yes. strike from Jacob Murphy, but maybe needs a bit more power on it. Yeah, but when they went and actually showed it from the, you know, the the camera angle behind Murphy, he did he did an exceptional job on he that did. one, and it was a very good save from the um, the Brizzle keeper. Um, I thought he looked for, for. I I totally agree with you that we didn't see a huge amount of quality from either of the the wing backs going forward, but I thought he looked a bit closer to yes. He looked like he was finding his feet again because the the cross, the early cross he hit for um, for Harris that that got us the corner that the first goal came from. That was the sort of thing he just wasn't doing last game. He wasn't just whipping it across, and he did that a couple of times. And yeah, pushing past Hunt and getting that ball in was good, and then cutting inside and having that really good shot with his left foot. I mean, that was that was a very very decent effort. Um, and if if it had gone in, we would have been raving about it. It was uh, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty plum stuff. Um, we pre- did we score straight from that? So was it the Murphy shot? Was it the corner from the Murphy shot that we got the second goal? From? I think it was. Yes, yeah, I think sure. that's definitely the timeline because also it's sandwiched between something else, which we'll come on to. So okay. again, we've um, we've really capitalised from these corners. Yeah, I mean, this was not a good call. It was a Bannon corner this time. We seem to keep trying this thing at the near post. It didn't hugely work, but no, this one worked so badly it worked well. <laughs> well, that was Fox running onto it, right? And then he kind of either dummied it or missed it. Yeah. And then it went and went through to who was the player who was kind of scuffing it across um, for Luongo finished who I'm was not, that in the middle I'm not entirely sure anyway anyway the kind of you know a bit of scuffing rough bounce off and a very lovely tight swivel finish from uh from action mass 2-0 it was a really good it's like that seems to be the sort of goal he picks up quite often mm. like he hits it it's not technically perfect but it's the right it's the right shot for the for the context mm-hmm. Uh, and that and and yeah, um, he did he did really well again. He he also like stole the ball off Kieran Lee a few minutes after that to have a try and have an effort from distance, which didn't work out quite so well. But I like the fact he's feeling so confident that he's mm. you know he's desperate to get there. And we almost yes, 
Oh, Lordy, we should have spun 3 0 up. I know, should have been 3 0 up. I know, and I was really worried watching it back without living in the bubble I did. I didn't get up at the ridiculously early time. I just thought, I'm going to fire up the zone, just play the game, and then, you know, yeah. just watch. Just uh, leaving my phone on airplane mode this morning. So, um, but yeah, just I couldn't believe. I mean, what a lovely ball out and some great kind of control and work from Mas Malawongo. He plays yeah. it in, and you think Wickham should at the very least be hitting the target. And he scuffed it wide. There was a man right, but you know, if he hit it straight at the goal, there's a man between him and the goal. I, d- I sort of understand that the, that adds a layer of difficulty, but he had so much. They were so isolated. He could have taken a touch or two mm. and still got a clean shot away. It, he just went, yeah, he just scuffed it, didn't he, badly? But that was, uh, yeah, that I don't. Do you did you see who played the pass to Luongo? I was wondering whether it was a crossfield path from either centre. It might have been Bannon or maybe Murphy. I think it was quite a long okay, range yeah. pass. It was um, a long. It was a great run from Luongo just to find really that was. space. And I think that is actually why we made the De Cruz change because I think it just looked like that space was going to be on whenever yeah. we wanted it over the top. So putting De Cruz on there with the with the, with his pace and legs would just give us a constant out ball. Um, and it never quite paid off, unfortunately, but I was really liking how we were just desperately trying to get De Cruz one-on-one with uh, Williams. Ashley Williams, who clearly, you know, his days are yes. well and truly numbered at this level. Yes, very much so. Uh, should not be playing championship football. He is for the knackers yard. <sighs> uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we just, I liked that we'd picked up on, let's just try and get, if we can get it where they are running alongside each other, this will it will look like Williams is going backwards. Uh, it never quite worked, but I liked that we were working at it. And the, I think the fact that it was on for us meant that they had to keep a more of a defensive cover than probably they would have liked to as they as they were starting to chase the game. Um, so unfortunately, they didn't have very much in the way of chances, but the 69th minute they. Well, they made a change at 65 that I think was important for them. So they brought on uh, Dieju. Is that how you say his name? I think so, yes. Um, he 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 let them play a lot more direct. And I What's, think... Um, what a interesting thing to look at Bristol City. Like, um, they've got two strikers in Naki Wells, who's been a player that we've, you know often adored, often batted our eyelashes towards, and we've yeah, never yeah. kind of, again, a similar deal to how we talked about Graben. He's another yes. one of those prominent championship strikers who we, we love at the club, but we've never seemingly been in the right place at the right time with the right money on the table yeah. to bring into the club. They've got him, they've got Benikafobi. Benikafobi previously, like a very expensive, very accomplished striker. Mm. Um, looking at a phobie, I mean, you can look at them as a pairing and say they were pretty quiet today, even yes. though it was a goal from Wells, wasn't it? Who it kind was of, goal from um, which we'll get onto, which was the kind of rebound from Baker and good positioning. But we made both of them look very, very ordinary. ordinary. And I was wondering regarding Benikafobi, like what happened to him as a player? I think injuries have been a big factor for him, unfortunately. But right. I think he's done. I think he's tended to get a decent number of goals in when he's played at Championship level. I don't think he's quite Premier League quality, but I think he does. He's probably one of these guys that fairly regularly gets ten or more. I think I'm going to double check myself now. Yeah, no, I was kind of going to do the same as but well. That's, that we so, so about that. but that changed when they brought on Diadu. That 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 started them the. 
another sort of phase of the game where they were go looking to go long all the time and their goalkeeper can thump the ball man alive <laughs> it really travels um i don't think he's aiming it particularly well all the time but oh well i'm looking at there's not it's not looking great his goals goals record to be honest no i think it it's a different world since his days of um days of walls he went to walls he went to Bournemouth. yeah those were the good times and then he went back to Wolves and he's not done anything and then he's been a large signing for Stoke and done seemingly fuck all for Stoke pretty much um, three and five basically or three and six if you call it sub appearances for Bristol yeah apparently yeah. he has had a large ACL injury which is why basically he's been back at these two games and the last time he played was the end of August for Bristol right well. okay. so I mean obviously that's going to take a big hit but I don't know. Bristol City seem the. I I know there were there's a Bristol City fan posting on Al's talk referring to Lee Johnson is often referred to as Streaky Lee, in which basically goes on a very good run and then he has a very bad run. Um, but I naturally <laughs> thought that. They're very much the definition of a championship inconsistent side. They're a team with some good players who can hurt you. And it's funny looking at that Bristol because there's a lot of, you know, when they name the lineup, I was like, there's a lot of talent there. Mm, definitely. You know, you've got White, you've got Vyman and O'Dowda. Um, you know, I think we'd all still kind of like Jack Hunt at the club. Yep. I don't I know. Think- and then obviously. I'd, I'd still love, even if they were misfiring, two strikers and, you know, the capability of Wells and a phobia up front. And they've got the very highly rated Palmer, who just doesn't seem to get that many games for them. Casey Palmer. Was, so. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. like the next big thing. He was the gay dad a few years ago. It's going to be a big hit. <laughs> <laughs> um so, yes, they made that change, and I think that was when they started to we started to look a little bit shakier because I think we couldn't quite figure out what to do with him. We couldn't handle him in the same way we'd done with a phobie, and we didn't quite get to grips with him in quite the same way. Um, I'm, this is harsh, but the, the goal they scored is a bit of a Wildsmith classic in that it was a great save yeah. on the first one, but he kept the ball alive. Yes, yeah, no. And it's yeah. a lot like the goal that he conceded against Man City. Um, it's a strange thing because what you want to do is get rid of the ball so there's no second or third nibble at it. But it does seem to happen fairly often with him that it gets saved up in the air or straight out into the middle of the box. And it, it leaves you, so you're almost asking for it. Not you don't always get such a good response. I mean, Naki Wells reacted really well and got a really good header on it. Um, so we were sort of unfortunate in that way, but it was just a shame to go from such a convincing, comfortable performance to being back in the position of, oh, great, here we go. It's going to be 15 minutes of clinging on and biting our nails. <laughs> um, we brought on Odebajo and uh, little Joey. Bella Pessi for Murphy and Luongo. Uh, that was about 76th minute. Mm-hmm. Atty came on with, with 10 minutes left to play. Um, and then we had six minutes added on. And it just felt like I was really starting to worry something that was going to happen positively for them because they were getting some joy from going long. They, the ball was dropping in and uh, in our box and around our mm-hmm. box. Mm-hmm. They had two or three good chances in a row. Yes. At one point, Patterson sort of had an effort and there was another follow-up effort 
Who was the player who scuffed one wide for them? I think that might have been Patterson. Right. Because that or was... it was a follow-up to Patterson's shot. I don't know whether it was Patterson the second time. That was very much the, felt like the chance for them. To yes. I thought it was funny that, he, but you know, the the comment, the one commentator had on my, you know, the footage where no one can really give an ass about to the point where, like, let's just let's just bring in the sky footage. Why do we have to have someone? Why do yeah. we have to be paying somebody to be, you know, so dispassionate about what's going on? Um, <laughs> he said, "Oh, just the wrong side of the post." I'm like, that's actually quite a fair distance wide of the post. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't close enough. It was a bad miss, though. I will say that, like, I mean, you know, that was probably the chance for Bristol City. But it felt like we were maybe kind of meandering towards, you know, a late equaliser, another missed, you know, yeah. two points yeah. drop, another missed opportunity, especially after that Wickham miss as well. And the last, the la- the very last sort of hurrah of the match uh, was mm. Patterson's dive as he turned and ran out of options or ideas. He just threw himself on the floor, didn't get a yellow don't know why um and then da cruz went on his break where he mm. teased baker inside outside didn't know where he was going and then thumped it sort of straight down the keeper's throat but it was a decent effort um and that was that was all she wrote yeah only a bit of time for uh new you to waste a bit of time in the corner and blast a blast a ball oh. off a few uh bristol city players also yeah. one of the things from the first half which i absolutely adored i love that early um you know, the large swing across, uh, you remember Burner running on and whacking oh, yeah. one into, uh, whose head was it? He whacked it into, it was Vyman, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Absolutely thumped one against Vyman. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't give the guy a concussion. It was pretty, yeah. <laughs> Put his large uh, Dirk Sprung, Dirk Technique uh, foot through it. <laughs> Vyman's head. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but a pretty, a pretty comfortable win, really, all told. I think so. I, I, the interesting thing was, I, you know, some people, were, you know, after watching the game and just coming on and the call with you today for the for this um, mm. was kind of drinking in some of the social media, and you know, it's called a superb win. I think it's a superb win for just any win um, yes. at this yeah. stage of the career, and knowing our situation, it has to be hailed as such. But the interesting thing was I thought it was a lesser performance than against Forrest. Possibly. I think we were more dangerous. I think we could have I think we made more chances and I think we could have made even more. Like if we needed to, we seemed to be sort of carving them up a bit easier. Mm-hmm. Uh but I do I know what you mean. I think in some ways it wasn't as good of a performance as as mm-hmm. uh, as Forrest. Um but I th- I think what's nice to see is the the formation seems to be working pretty well i think particularly defensively for the first time in a long time we look fairly comfortable with what we're trying to do there which probably wouldn't have been able to say any time since christmas really i think defensively we've, we've been all over the shop mm. uh, and i think the other thing that's nice is i really do feel like wickham is he's growing into this role i think a few people have uncharitably sort of said well everybody's starting from scratch like fitness wise so the fact he's so far off not you know he was so far off before is not holding him back so because everybody's starting from 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 the same base he his natural quality is getting more of a chance to shine but i i just thought he he got tired i think he needed to be subbed when he came off but 
other than that, he held the ball up really well. Um, I, he was unlucky not to get a couple more chances because the the point where he kind of went shoulder to shoulder with Williams and and won that battle, I don't know why the ref blew up. It certainly wasn't a foul, and that he could have easily played Harris in for a one on one. Uh, if that had been allowed to, to carry on, um, so uh, yeah, I just I think that's been really pleasing to see him. He stepped up. We need him. We're going to need him between now and the end of the season. And it feels like he's he's you know he's sort of manning up and doing the role that we need of him, which is good to see. Um, I'm I'm slightly worried about Berner's situation. I hope he's not injured long term. Well, the um, monk was saying it was just a dead leg. Okay, he said. But then so, that can be. I remember Richard Wood being off for four weeks with a dead leg back really? in the day. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? This world of football manager, we could all stub our toe and be out yes. of action for five days. You know. So we were exchanging texts yesterday, looking at the results coming in, and basically very strongly in agreement that it was a pretty terrible day for us yesterday. Um, by and large, the group of teams circling the drain. <laughs> at the bottom of the the league Mm -hmm. has expanded but with our win and forest going and beating huddersfield it actually puts a different quite a different pull on things doesn't it i think it does 10 points from the drop zone um we're we're in a modicum of form i guess we've got a tough week coming um but it's it's so hard with the, the the efl I just, for me now, I just want to know what the damage is so that we can react properly. Because if, if it's one of the insane things, then there's nothing we can do about it. And it doesn't even matter what the players do, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, if it's 20 points, then why? Well, we I mean, in, in, in our. Paying anybody this season, we could have just forfeited every game. <laughs> I know. Well, that's that's the awful thing of thinking about it, right? And that's um, any points deduction. I think screws us. I think even if it's nine points, that takes us down to forty-three. It puts us right in it, but we would be one of the better teams in it. I think we would, but I, I feel like there's so many kind of the nature of the championship. There's so many unexpected results right now. Well, there are, there are. So yeah, but I we don't know. Take I don't a three point or a six point. I think deduction. But I don't think that's one of the. Uh, <laughs> well, everything seems to be nine, twelve, and twenty-one. Nobody knows. Literally, everything is Nobody on the knows. table. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But I, I, that was the thing I was saying about the case. I'm like, we must have a better defence. We must have a better defence than Chan Siri adamantly shaking his head. It, it just, it feels that way. It feels like we're doing it. I don't know that there seems to be a sense of I don't know, but it's also like the the nature of you know we we remembered when there was a statement from the club about this and it didn't seem we seem to have carried over some of the emotion of Chancery into that while we looked across at Derby and they seemingly had a very calm, collected, and professional kind of curt response. You know that was very tight as a diamond. It's yeah, it's I don't know. It's all a bit difficult. It is difficult. Um, I, the thing is, we, we've also in this saga, we've had the three player, the three sort of people that individually were also charged have their charges dropped. So yes, you, coming at this from another angle, you could go, well, that seems pretty positive. So if they thought that these three and the club were guilty of something and there wasn't enough to make these three anything stick against these three, then why why is it suddenly so much better if it's the club? I don't, I don't know. We just need to stick to it. But I think in terms of let's not let's take a positive spin on it. What was looking like 
a bad weekend for us in terms of those results has actually actually looks pretty good now on the other side of Sunday. But also that's purely for the fact, and again, you know, we can all do the same thing. I I imagine football players and managers probably do a little bit the same, even though they're a bit more professional than us, which is a good job because it's what they do for a living. (laughs) And they're the ones who pay big bucks to do such a thing. But effectively, it's always has been, it's always in our hands, right? The best results are the ones we do ourselves. Yes, and that's the thing with everything else go, that's going on the week with the the contracts and things like that. It just feels like this was a big win to get, and I think you could feel the relief. I think the Gary Monk that is interviewed post match today is a different guy than we've seen for a few months. He, it just it feels like an addition to the positivity we've had in the week. I, I just think he's kind of in a way he's won some of his battles internally at the training ground mm. and. That has strengthened his arm, and hopefully, if he can start getting results to back that up as well, it's going to be, as a player, you're going to be the daft one to not buy into this and be part of this. Yes, yeah. I I also, but I hope as well that that is effectively, the negative side of that is, that is going to affect that we've now got a, a real wafer-thin squad. Yes. Um, we're leading to believe that all of the loan players have been extended, with the exception of David Bates, who's going to chuff off back to Hamburg. Um <laughs> And so I'm really hoping that that's a positive that kind of compensates for the fact that we don't have many options, really. And we're going to a very thick thick and and fast period. This is the only week. This is a slow kind of dipping your toe back into the fixtures. Yeah, it gets crazy. Now it's midweek Saturday, midweek Saturday, midweek Saturday. Yeah. Last seven games to the point where we finish on a midweek, which is bizarre. Do we want to do player ratings? I think we do player ratings. I think we can kind of hover through them fairly quickly. Um, mind you I usually say that and then it usually takes like 20 minutes (laughs) (laughs) Joe Weldsmith top 40 Joe I've gone for a 7 for him I thought Lodgy did pretty well I I see your kind of criticism regarding the 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 whole goal that he conceded but I you know I thought it was a decent performance I I agree and I I think that the save it's it's sort of one for one because the save the Baker save was incredible in the first half the save at nil nil was pretty yeah Yes, and if we'd conceded then, that would have been awful for the rest of the game. So that was the more important one to save out of the two. You know, if you're going to concede one, it's better con- to concede a two nil up. Yes. So I, I, I'm, yeah, I've got no no qualms. I also thought his kicking was pretty good today, by and large. Yes, um, I would agree. Pretty consistent and and enough consistency for us to build around it. So no, I'm I'm uh, I'm happy with that that praise for top forty Joe um, Palmer. Palmer, I've gone for a seven. You know, he's looking great, as we said. He's really growing into this role. I'm glad we've got a player with as much versatility. I think previously we would kind of say prior to the season we weren't big fans of uh we were not big fans of Liam Palmer's versatility. It's kind of a bit like, yeah, he's he's a little bit unconvincing here. He's a little bit yes. unconvincing there. Uh here are the here are unconvincing, there are unconvincing, everywhere and unconvincing. <laughs> Old Liam Palmer had a stint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, he's he's just doing so well and he's growing into that role. And again, I've gone for a seven. Um, again, he's the strongest of those defensive centre backs. I wonder if part of him is just thinking, why didn't I? How? Why have I? Well, no, why is it taken to like my twenty eighth or twenty ninth year to discover what I've been all my life? It's it's the right side of a three man at the back. I could have, could have, you know, I could have been a contender. 
It just feels like it suits him so much. The role he's being asked to play. Um, I think seven, maybe seven and a half. I think he, I think that block was was maybe worth another little half for me. I, yes, I think we will do that. That's I think very good. Yes, let's give him seven point five. Dominic Iorfa. So I've gone for a six point five for Iorfa. Mm. Um, as you said, he didn't get his uh, Iorfa gadget legs. Didn't think go go gadget legs a great deal, but it's still it's still Iorfa. I'm still very glad that he's in the center pairing, even though I think some of these performances haven't been quite as fantastic as uh, previously. As he I brings or- so much to it. It's just different. It's different bits of himself he's bringing to it. Yeah, I've got. I've, I'm fine with it. I think it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> And I would also. It, I suppose to... it's like it's like having I don't know I can't think of a band where this is the case, but like having a tremendous guitarist playing bass for you or something. Do you know what I mean? Like they're great. They can keep the rhythm. They can do all the licks and stuff. But if you handed them the lead guitar, they'd be that much better. But it's you know it's fine. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> Julian, Julian, and we Julian. should probably. Fox at the same time because they, they sort of did half and half. Yeah, each. I think both of them could look to be a 6.5 each. I think I've mm. kind of got with both of them. Uh, yeah, Berner's pretty solid. Um, he's doing okay. Maybe not quite as good as he's been previously, but I, I know there's other games for Berner. I think the beauty of this three is we were starting to see the downsides of Berner, which are essentially anytime he's asked to run, it looks like he has messed his trousers. And if he has to turn around before he runs, the the effect is doubled. So he's allowed to go and do the big man defensive duties. But if he fails at any stage, we've got Iorfa's pace in behind and we've got Liam Palmer to kind of sweep up as well. Just seems to, I don't know, it seems to work so well for all of them. And I think in particular where Berner has got to in his Wednesday career, it's kind of a good Good for him to have a backup, I think, at the moment. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, the, so uh, then with the wingbacks? Well, let's just say the adventures of Fox Morgan. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Fox to, Morgan. Uh, the, you know, the, the hairy Fox Morgan. The hairy Fox Morgan, 6.5 as well. But just to say, if, uh, I really hope it isn't the case, but farewell, Fox Morgan. You know, it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a season finale cliffhanger. You know, who knows if he'll, you know, it might get picked up to, a, picked up to another network, I guess. You know? Yes. I'd like to. It would be nice to hear that he's decided to play the last few games for us, yeah. especially if we've got questions over Burner. I don't. Yeah, bit disappointed in in that bit of him. Just pers- on a you, on like a kind of personality note, he seems like the sort of guy that would that yeah. would do it. It's less understandable than Fletcher's position, I think. Anyway, let's not linger. Mm-hmm. Jacob Murphy. Jacob Murphy. I've gone for... I thought he was a 6.5. I thought he was a stronger of the of the two, I think, as we said previously. Yeah. You know, some good crosses. I did like that kind of very deep kind of cross, which uh, Harris won the corner off. Yes, which that was we scored from. Like, I, it's funny because another commentator on my feed was there saying, oh, well, he's over here, that one. And I'm like, actually, that was, a, that was a decent... Yeah. That was a lovely kind of deep curving cross. And, um, you know, a lot for someone to do. But the right idea, you know, put it into a good space for someone arriving late on the wing, which was Harris. Um, yeah, it was, you know, maybe a little bit more getting like some of the... It was a mid, uh, it was a, a mid-period Harris performance in that it was maybe better than the <laughs> early 
early Murphy, but not as good as late Murphy. Yes. You know? okay, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. I, I get that. I, I'm on board with that. Yeah. Um, he did get the he did get the assist for the first goal. I don't know whether that I don't know whether that gives him a little uh, little glimmer extra. <laughs> That's interesting. Do you want to nudge nudge him to a seven? I'm, I'm tempted. Mm. Feeling generous today. Um, do we want to do the other wing back or do we want to do the midfield? You can take it either way. Let's go midfield. Let's go across okay, the middle. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna go. Let's go Kieran Lee first and foremost. Kieran Lee was a six point five. I thought he was okay. Didn't embarrass himself. You know, I'm glad we're getting some amount of mileage out of Kieran Lee. It's the fact we've got anything out of Kieran Lee following you know a big patch of injury. It's been nice. It, and and it I, has. I feel grateful. You know, yeah. I get up, I get up every morning and I'm grateful that Kieran Lee's not embarrassing himself at Sheffield Wednesday. And uh, hey, when I wake up, I thank the Lord that Kieran Lee's not embarrassing himself. Do you remember that song? No, no, I don't. I was actually Estonia. thinking. Of, I was thinking about I say a little prayer for you myself. Oh, Catatonia mm-hmm. on their first album had a. It might not have been their first album. Their breakthrough album, I should say. I might be speaking out of turn saying it's their first album. Was that International Velvet? Yes. But uh, they had a song that was Every Day When I Wake Up, I Thank the Lord I'm Welsh. Mm. <laughs> Keris. Richard Keris Miller. <laughs> right. Oh, that's a, a meander we need to take. Um <laughs> I thought I thought Kieran Lee was good. I suspect now, as we start to rattle through games, is where Kieran Lee will start to struggle again because I think mm. that's sort of what happened in the season when he think- was a week or two in between and he could look nice and fresh. That might also give us a nice opportunity for Alex Hunt to make a starting berth. I know there was talk prior Possibly. to this game about you know is it is it Alex Hunt's day? You know, it's a bit dis- Yes, I mean that's the slight disappointment is we didn't get to see him at all today. Yeah, but I I think maybe going with Lee for the right time. Yeah. Trying to trying to use the experience as much as we can and we have. We're definitely going to have opportunities for Alex Hunt. There's definitely going to be a few injury niggles and it's probably going to be Kieran Lee, the man who's going to pick up something. I really hope Touch Wood is anything made of wood around here. I'm touching my head as we go. Nothing happens to Action hey, Mass. Hey. We really need Action yeah. Mass for yeah. at least 90% that's running. You know, he's he's a big difference maker, isn't he? Mm. Should we come to him next? We should Action Mass. Um, you know, I'm going to go for a 7.5 for Luongo yeah. because he he did really well and he scored that goal. What a great ball in as well. That Wickham scuffed and Wickham spurned. Yes. Well, that was a brilliant vision to see that the space was there. Great legs to get on the end of it because it was it was always getting away from him. And then to pull not just any old ball out. It was a perfect cross after that hour cutback. Um, it's a real shame that that didn't result in a goal. It, des- it His work and ball deserved a goal, definitely. Mm-hmm. What a treat. We Baz, Barry Bannon. I've gone for an eight for Bannon today. Wow. I'm going to say... He did get man of the match again on Sky. Every, almost every game we have, yeah. Barry Bannon gets man of the match. Well, actually, I actually I think I actually put him as 7.5, but I bumped Luongo up to a 7.5. Okay. So I think, I think Bannon was my man of the match. Ooh, and I think he was... I think more often than not, he was positive. I think more often he was very positive. Maybe I'm also compensating for giving him a low mark against Forrest. <laughs> but I think there was enough really, really good moments from Bannon to kind think, of make the difference today. I think he. W- I don't think he d- had a bad game at all. Um, I thought. I just thought first half he l- let them get at him a little bit, and it put us 
under more pressure than we needed to be. Second half was better because he sat deeper and had more room. They weren't so th- we made it less worthwhile for them to press him basically, um, and shifted the emphasis of the play to other players, which yeah gave him the room to actually have weirdly more of an influence. So uh, yeah, yeah, I love Bannon. He had a really good performance. He nearly always has really good performances. Um, it's just that thing you almost get blasé about how special he is because. Uh-huh. As I say, almost every time we're on Sky, if we're on Sky and win, Barry Bannon gets man of the match. If we're on Sky and draw, generally Barry Bannon gets man of the match. So he's incredible. Sure. And I mean, if we go down, worst comes to worst, we know that he's done so much work to have Lee Johnson and Myron long and hard, almost <laughs> almost in a stalkerish way. And it could probably get, we could probably get a few million for Bannon from Bristol City because Lee Johnson absolutely creams himself every time, uh, you know, Every time Bannon's anywhere near him. He does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that brings us to the other flank. Calvin Kadeem Harris. Calvin Kadeem Harris. I've gone for a six. I just, um, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of, I feel like Kadeem Harris has been asked to do a job. I think he's doing it quite well, but that it's disappointing that there's no, um, there's no attacking juice. He did have, there was one decent cross where he hunt, hunt kind of sold himself on a, Harris sort of pretended like he was going to cut back onto his right and um, and uh, Harris just pushed him onto his left and there was a decent cross. I think Wickham maybe was the man under it. But other than that, it, he didn't have huge amounts to do. But I do think for both of them, <laughs> the bit that they are not supposed to be good at, they are absolutely nailing by and large at the moment. The defensive side of being a wing back, I think they're both pulling off with with relative ease. It looks like, but yeah, slightly disappointing on his uh, his output going forward. Um, so another episode title would be uh, Calvin Harris pulling off. <laughs> uh, Jordan Rhodes. Rhodes is six, as his number applies. He was okay. He's doing a thing, isn't he? <laughs> certainly is i i think if we've all said anyone can conclude john rhodes is doing a thing do you know what i mean i just need to keep telling myself that he's doing a thing he's doing he's playing a role he is you know in the ford factory production line of middling sheffield wednesday football he's the guy that makes sure all the uh bolts are facing up the right way before they get handed to the person that actually <laughs> Puts the bolts into the, the, you know, into the car. You know, it's a minor job, but it's an important job. If nobody does that job, then things start falling apart. He's stretching a play. Um, it makes me a bit sad to watch how desperately poor he is at being an athlete or a footballer at this point in time. But he's a body and he's playing a role. So there you go. I think six is fine. <laughs> On an existential level. <laughs> If if uh, if there was a um, if there was a James Bond theme about him, Rich, would you say some people do it better? <laughs> Not everybody can be, can be special. So some people are right there in the middle. Some um, people do it somewhat better than you do. Maybe well, others may, could maybe do it worse. Average. Technically, others may do it worse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, good stuff. Um, Connor Wickham, Connor Wickham. Oh, wigwam bam. 
Two and two. Two and two. I think it's going to be a seven point five. Yeah. I was going to say seven. That just feels harsh. It's just. If he uh, nailed that one, he gets that, an eight. He gets man of the match. But he gets he I know. Gets all the plaudits plus a brace. We'll give him two thirds of the match ball. <laughs> No, it's really it's great to see him kind of it's it's nice to have a striker that's coming into this, hitting some form, doing a job and, and someone that we need, someone that we need and someone's doing everything that we need them to do. It's yeah. it's pretty great. It's nice. I think what you just get those little touches. We're still scratching the surface of just how good he can be. How much of that is left, I don't know. But it's it's just his vision and the fact he seems to buy time for himself. It's those little touches of quality that are nice to see and um, I hope he can continue to build on. Uh, he almost played in a really beautiful ball for Odebadjo, just sort of without looking, kind of flicking it around the corner for him. And by flicking it around the corner, it was like, you know, all the way cross field ball, but it went a bit too close to the goalie. But that sort of thing where it's like he kn- he knows what's going on around him. He's got enough of a picture that he can he can act on without taking the time to look around or look up. It was a nice thing to see. Um, out of the other subs, is anybody else worth? So De Cruz got half an hour, which seems longer than I can remember him being on for. But <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, that's that's that, that is something. De Cruz is quite good, wasn't he? We've already given him a six point five. I think he did the same sort of thing as Jordan Rhodes, but he's quicker. But it's the same sort of job, really. Is mm. play on the last defender so that they can't effectively what you want to do as Bristol City in a game where you're two 0 down or or even one you know one goal behind as the game game comes to the end. You want to keep committing men forward. You want everybody in our half and having somebody with his pace makes that much harder to do because you need to have probably two or three men just to just to mark the cruise it's a great thing to have and i and and he was he filled the role really well i thought um and yeah decent effort when he was when he was actually set free one-on-one there's a pretty decent effort good save from the goalie mm-hmm. um Badjo, i don't really remember him doing very much no, I'd probably give him a six. I think he had one or two moments where I felt a bit concerned. <laughs> Joey P. Joey P. I don't remember him being on the pitch that much. So uh, there's a six. There's a six. There's another six. Atty did some holding it in the corner. Yeah. So maybe I'll generous give him a six point five. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. There we go. Jobs, jobs are good. Mm-hmm. Anything? Anything else worth worth noting or talking about? Mm, no. No, I think that covers it. I think that's uh, that is six points, a league double against Bristol City. Yeah, nice place to be. Mm-hmm. I guess the interesting thing I wanted to say was looking forward. So midweek we're at Hillsborough to play West Brom. West Bromwich, yeah. West Bromwich Albion, who are in pretty awful form. I want to say that the yes first is escaping them, isn't it? Unfortunately, that's going to be dirty leads. Um, I think just by the way they've come back, but they're probably fairly comfortably. Well, I don't know. Brentford could catch them. Yeah, it's tricky sort of times. That their terrible form, just so you know, Luke is two wins, two losses, and two draws. Well, I think I, the last five it's one out of five, isn't it, for West Brom? They're yes, like, it's one out of five. Yeah. I mean, they haven't won a game since uh, <laughs> since February, late February, I think it is. But obviously, that yes, has yeah. different uh, difference. You know, in this environment, has a much much different kind of capability and 
looks a lot different, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. So I'm also wondering about, we, we do talk previously about the fact that like um, Monk seems to be someone who uh, really enjoys having that time to... Yes. You know, to look and to prepare, you know, against teams. So it's going to be interesting seeing how we're doing coming into these games thick and fast. Um, yeah. It's, it's but all... unless, unless we had, unless Bristol and Nor- uh, Nottingham Forest are hugely similar, I don't think we did anything particularly different today to what we did against Forest. So maybe we are having a bit more, maybe we've taken the approach with these games coming so thick and fast that we can't simply can't do a game plan based on what every team does and trying to play on their weaknesses. And we are settling on a system that works for us. And then I'm sure there'll be tweaks and things like that. You know, there'll be different ways that you mark players or things, people that you watch out for at set pieces, but it will be tinkering with the edges of this main plan being the same though that would be a sensible way to approach it and maybe that feels like it i mean i don't know how many times we've played the same lineup starting lineup two games running under monk but we've done that in this in this period there's not a huge amount of options as we've touched on so maybe we've just got to go with like this is what works for the players we have and yeah there might be the odd little bit of change we'll see it's going to be an interesting uh interesting journey but by the time we talk again we will have had Two games under our belt. Mm-hmm. West Brom at home and Swansea away. Well, who knows? <laughs> Do you have any expectations? What to you know? What to think of those two games? What we might be sat with point-wise at the other side? So away at Swansea and home yeah. to West Brom. Yeah. I'm feeling confident about the West Brom game just because I don't think they're in particularly good shape. Um, I think there might be a surprise win for Wednesday. Um, don't have much hope for Swansea. I'm wondering if we'll get three points. I think there'll be a win and a loss. Swansea are... Okay, yeah. Swansea have got the same record as West Brom, just in a different order in the last five games. Right. Two losses, two draws and a win. But they've won and lost since the uh, since we came back. Since the restart. So yeah, they, they lost uh, Woodgate his job with a 3-0 win there. And then they lost to Luton, who don't ever score. Yes. Yeah, three huge points for Luton. It's really weird to see what's going to happen. Everything's just very, very strange right now. Yeah. The, these teams who almost have a shout of the playoffs but don't really. Yes. But Bristol City today were being talked of as playoff contenders. And to me, there's a very slight chance of them getting anywhere near it. There's too many teams and not enough points to play for, I think. Because we're only, we're, after our win against Bristol City, we're only three points off Bristol City. So I don't I think we're three points off challenging. No. Uh, but Swansea are only one point off Bristol City. So they, they've kind, they've got a theoretical dog in the race of, of promotion. But I, yeah, whether, that, whether they believe that remains to be seen, really. But it, I sort of feel we might, be in some of these cases playing teams at the right time because if you're starting to believe that if you're starting to feel like actually you're not going to get that playoff berth you're starting to lose that bit of faith and that drive for what you're playing for that's when you do get some of those strange results i think the end of the season is bizarre in its own way always and now it's even weirder because of all the yeah the corona fun uh okay well yeah I just have no idea what to expect now. The championship is famously hard to predict, but the current situation is just making it <laughs> making it very, very risky to, to stick your neck out at all. But I'm hopeful we might 
be able to get four points out of the two games, possibly. I don't know how they'll come. But there we go. Right, I'll say cheerio, Luke. Wish you well. Yes, you too. And uh, we'll, we'll speak to you next week, folks. Yeah, Look out. after yourselves. If you go, if you must go to the beach, pick up your litter. <laughs> it's just public service announcements at the end of the podcast. That's what we do. Uh, right, cheerio. See you, Rich. Have a good one. Bye.